Money FM 89.3, best of workday afternoon. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Good afternoon and welcome to Market View on Money FM 89.3. I'm Clarissa Montero, joined in the studio by finance presenter JP Ong. It is a brand new week. And I'm sorry, but it is a Meh Monday. It is absolutely a Meh Monday. You have hit it on the head. It seems that everyone's off to a sluggish start. It could have just been a bit of heavy headiness over the weekend, but it also could be just all this uncertainty that's keeping folks a bit on their toes. On their toes and alert, but not really making huge moves. And you can see that with how the Straits Times Index is currently trading about 10 points in the red, falling to 2,608. Value turnover also not very inspiring. There's about 469 million Singapore dollars in total trade changing hands. So meh is probably an apt description for how markets are trading here in Singapore. 156 total stocks, REITs and trust in the green, 230 that are currently in the red. And uh, we are also on the losing side of what's been a very mixed picture across the Asia Pacific. We see the Nikkei 225 today in Japan down by about 41 points. We are accompanied by the folks over in the ASX 200 in Sydney. Australian shares down by about half a percent in today's session. And the South Korean KOSPI also trading about 0.1% in the red. How are Main, greater Chinese stocks faring in today's session? Well, let's take a look first at uh, Taiwan Weighted Stock Exchange in Taipei. They're also about 18 points in the red so far today, but Shanghai and Shenzhen doing fairly well. Shanghai Composite actually up by about 2.6%. The Shenzhen Bourse also trading about 1.7% higher. It's still a bit uncertain and dicey for the Hang Seng, which is swinging between small gains and losses. It's just trading about 3 points in the red, but still at 225,085 points. So there are a couple of things that are inspiring investors to press the pause button today. And again, it's also that uh, continued balancing act we've referenced over the last couple of weeks between trying to maintain optimism of possible economic recoveries against this worrying sign of growing COVID-19 infections across the world. There's now almost 14.5 million total people who have caught the coronavirus across the world and about 605,000, over 605,000 people who have already uh, died because of the disease. There are worries that you, you might start to see more stringent social restrictions and a return of possible lockdowns. We've heard of the region of Catalonia in Spain starting to return back to social restrictions. The city of Hong Kong dealing and reeling from record number of cases and what they're calling a potential third wave of infections there. And the U.S., again, far and away the most number of infections in the world. There are a few key things to watch out for with regards to possible stimulus. Now, we know that the European Union or the EU, the 27 leaders of their member states, are still in meetings in Brussels today because they are trying desperately to get to an agreement with regards to a possible budget and funding of a rescue package to support the EU. And there is a fundamental divide at the moment between those who are hoping for more grants and more and more generous and flexible funding versus uh, some northern European countries that are pushing for more stringent loans and more stringent conditions for countries to make sure that they can pay back whatever they're lent. Or the Prime Minister of the Netherlands, Mark Rutte, has, it's actually been pointed out that he's facing a lot of pressure from his electorate to make sure that a lot of the, uh, Dutch taxpayer money is not wasted based uh, from their point of view on bailing out some of these other member states in the EU. Of course, this again creates few possible ruptures in the EU, and that's something folks are wor- looking out for. The US is also set to vote on a possible extension of the stimulus. The, there are worries that some of the recent unemployment benefits actually might run out before the end of the month, and their leaders, economic leaders, are also trying to rally behind that. So until we get some firmness or some confirmation that the, you, you might see more, more support from 
these two particular regions also, you might see markets just stay a bit on the cautious side so far. It really has been the case for most of July. Markets, especially here in Singapore, have been very, very cautious also. And uh, at the moment, we're seeing that the Straits Times Index is still down by about 10 points. But again, relatively tepid turnover so far and tepid trading appetite. As we said last week, uh, when Jeff was on the show for Market View Rep, it, but it's been dancing around a very narrow band. It's still the case today. Mm, yes, I'd say it's a band of about two, if I'm not mistaken, it's two six. 2,620 uh, is uh, the trading range we're at. And we're at 2,608. Um, I think the big question is, at in the end of today, or maybe even by the end of tomorrow's trading session, will we see traders actually take it below 2,600? Now, we've seen markets hold on to that particular support line for the yep. most part in the last three weeks or three to four weeks. Um, but as whenever you come close to it, there's always a possibility that markets might decide to take it down b- below that so far. So, yes, we are in the red, but... Uh, so far above that 2600 support line. I can't remember when it was this close to the 2600 line at this point of the trading day. Uh, yeah, uh, have I seen it in these particular times? I think sometime in June, actually, there there were a couple of uh, moments where we actually dipped below, but very, very quickly just picked back up uh, mm-hmm. again. I think right now, especially given we're in the thick of earnings season also, where valuations start to become a big question that many investors and analysts start to ask themselves, have yeah. we overpriced things? Things. Are we uh, perhaps drew for a bit of a pullback or a reversal? And that's a question, especially on the minds of many folks in the U.S., because we've seen those stocks in Wall Street rally very, very significantly, despite a dismal earnings outlook for the most part. Here in Singapore, perhaps there's just a bit of that questioning as well. But as we mentioned, 2600 is still that support level we're going to be watching out for. Yang Zichang Shipbuilding. Now, we talk about them a lot. We've been talking about them for the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, and they don't seem to be hurt at all by the COVID-19. And pandemic. it's interesting, right? Because most of the shipbuilders are wanting for demand or they are in desperate need for pop people to actually put in orders for their for vessels to be constructed. We've seen a lot of shipbuilders also idle because of the sudden collapse in oil prices. But it's interesting that Yang Zichang has actually confirmed in an interview with the Business Times today that they have now secured new orders for 15 vessels that are worth over half a billion US dollars in the first six months of 2000. 2020, more than twice the contract value that they were able to secure in the first half of 2019. So what really is supporting Yang Zichang and why, is there, why have they been getting a lot of interest in terms of building out vessels versus, say, some of their rivals or competitors? And it comes down to one thing. It's LNG vessels or natural gas. If you recall, the commodity space has actually run into some issues with regards to overproduction and oversupply. And at one point, they were running out of storage. Now, Apart from crude oil, this is the same story for natural gas. And they've been running out of storage and they've been looking for places where they can store this possible inventory, not just onshore in warehouses, but also offshore. And so far, they've actually said that they've uh, they've seen a lot of demand, actually, from some of these LNG vessels or to produce these LNG vessels to, uh, to make sure that they can, you know, they can meet a possible oversupply or demand of uh, LNG or natural gas. It's actually shown it showed up in their results for the first quarter. They saw net profit actually have 
halved to about or cut to about 404 million yuan. Also because they saw some issues with regards to some of their shipyards and some of their industri- industrial zones, uh, production bases shut down from February to early March because of China battling back against the coronavirus. But it seems they've been able to reopen their facilities since late March. And according to their chairman, Ren Lietian, they've been able to at least catch up and make up for lost time the time there. So it's very heartening to see that Yang Zichang at least is getting just a little bit of love and also uh, That's get- a lot of love, JP. That is a lot of love, actually, and a lot of interest <laughs> from folks. Unfortunately, we can't say the same about their stock price on the market. It's down by about half a percent today. But again, no one's really selling off crazy on Yang Zichang. You're just seeing them bob and weave in, in the water and so far they are just about half a percent in the red down to 93 and a half cents a piece. All right. Well, still with China and I just restarted my segment Chasing Cards because it was no point talking about cars when people couldn't go into the showrooms and and look at cars. But I found this very interesting. China car stocks um, are getting a bit of a boost despite the COVID-19. Absolutely. And I'll just point out two particular stocks here to illustrate that. Out in Shanghai, Shanghai Automotive uh, 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 SAIC Motor, actually, their shares are up by about 2.5%. It was up by 2%, but now it's added a half percent. Just as I was about to finish that sentence, they're trading about 19 yuan and 5 cents apiece. Out in Hong Kong, one of the uh, one of the uh, notable performers today is Geely Auto. Uh, their shares up by about 1.25%. And there is a growing thesis that they're going to expect in not just an improvement in car sales, but a shift in consumer sentiment towards buying cars once again. And it comes down to COVID-19 fears or the coronavirus fears. A uh, number of buyers who spoke to the South China Morning Post actually said that owning a car was not on their agenda this year, but it's now important because they do not want to take the bus or subway during these rush hours. This could drive potential demand or a resurgence, at least for cars out in China. They've actually reported that June numbers in in, in terms of car sales for the month of June have actually improved significantly. Thus, saw auto sales jump up by about 11.6% and total automotive output rise by 22.5%. Now, this could just be a bit of a catching up thing because China has been a bit sluggish. It was just only a couple of months ago that they were under severe lockdown measures. So this could just be consumer auto demand catching up with things. But they're also noting that uh, consumers might be shifting permanently or consumer behavior might be shifting permanently towards possibly favoring purchase of these automobiles because of the fear of COVID-19 and catching it. They feel more secure being in their car. But I think the big question also is, will this phenomenon be repeated across the world? Because the whole world is pretty much dealing with COVID-19 infections and COVID-19 fears. And what will this do to the efforts of some government officials and some governments to try and encourage public transport to try to decongest the roads if everybody starts to rush back towards car? Not because they've rekindled their love affairs with automobiles, but more because they are scared of catching COVID-19 on the buses or subways. Well, I can tell you this about uh, Singapore car sales. It was about half what it normally is for mm-hmm. the period April to June. Mm. Um, however, the uh, COE prices are much lower. That might boost sales. And we've had, our, like I said, our car showrooms closed during Circuit Breaker. They've now reopened. So we'll have to see from June into the next quarter what sales look like. And we also have to take, in, take into account that there is a bit of a lag. We did reopen... Uh, let's call it a reopening of the economy mm. a month after China did there. So it right. might take a little bit of time for people to start coming out of the woodwork and saying, you know what, maybe now's the time we, we, we head to the showrooms and buy those and, and get that SUV we were looking forward to or that passenger car right. sedan we were looking forward to. And uh, be very interesting to track how long it might take to recover if it, uh, if it does here. 
It will be very interesting. If it does, I think it will. Um, but how long it will take and... You know, in Singapore, there is the added um, COE, and yes. that supply is going to be plentiful over the next few months. Yes, that is true. So it'll be interesting. <laughs> I'm not buying a car. Ah, well. I'm just saying that for the record. <laughs> because there's no reason. I mean, to even if you want it to be safe and, and all that, what's wrong with Graham? That's true. Grab or go check could possibly uh, do the trick for you as well. Um, I, I guess it'd be interesting actually to do a cost-benefit analysis between owning a car versus taking Grab or go check every single Have day, a, twice a day. I've done that. And what is it? And can Grab win hands down. Really? Yes. Yes, absolutely it does. At least for me, because mm. I live out in the boondocks. I see. <laughs> I don't know about people who live. But uh, you, know, you might also say that from... if you live farther from the city center, your place of work, you'd be more incentivized to buy a car. But if you're saying that Grab that. and Gojek, actually, even when you factor that in, it'll still be cheaper to commute once once in and once out mm-hmm. every day, twice a day. Yep. Then, yeah, I, you know. That 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 would thwart any hopes of uh, from of the car industry. Other people in my family were yes. hoping for yes. Well, this has been Market View on Money FM eighty nine point three. I'm Clarissa Montero, joined by finance presenter JP Ong. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.